Hello and thank you for listening to episode 423 of 60MW and the Decade of Decadence show for February 2022. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, we Hello. Should... Right, we should explain that for anybody that listened to the previous episode where we did have major technical difficulties all the way through it. Uh, which hopefully wasn't too noticeable after the edit. But I think I tweeted what ended up as, I think it was like an hour and a quarter show, took us like two and a quarter hours to record. So yeah. we finally moved into the 21st century, and this is our first time using Zoom to record instead of Skype. We have finally fucked Skype off. <laughs> and it only took us 10 years, mate. My God, this is yeah. I mean, this is the first, like the first show we ever did was on Skype. Yeah, and we have used it and moaned about it. And I mean, to, I mean, obviously, honestly, pre-pandemic, we've always said, "Well, what's the alternative?" Mm-hmm. And then one good thing that's coming out of a pandemic is we found out there's fucking loads of good alternatives. <laughs> there's lots. I mean, then here we are. Yeah. In our defence, obviously, we're eighties related. We love that decade. You know, we'd put out this show via fax if we could, just you know, just to stay topical and that. That's why we haven't gone to Skype for so long. We were just hanging. The love on to is the too past. much. It was. It just tested our love way too much, especially the last time that we recorded. So, um, yeah, and we're also in the, in the middle of a storm here in the UK as well. We didn't even know if we were going to be able to record because Storm Eunice is happening. As, yeah, we we we, we, uh, we UK now names it storms like America does, mm-hmm. um, and Eunice, uh, going for the coolest names. Uh, as <laughs> yeah, it's been. Uh, I mean, it's a very short storm. Um, it's already peaked here in uh, London. Um, peaked around lunchtime. Took a bit, took a panel of my fence down in my back garden. Um, uh, that's about it, though. Um, our housing is in Wales. In Wales, for the first time ever. Every train uh, route, every train journey was cancelled all day across the whole of Wales. And that's never happened before. So I think that gives you a bit of an idea of uh, how it sounds terrible. Oh, yes, how terrible the storm was. And then you've got people in like Kansas or wherever going, Florida, anywhere like that, and in the Bahamas going, you've got no idea what a storm's like. But yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, even people just further up north in the UK mm. um, are probably a bit like, guys, come on, you know, like my old housemate, like not even this storm, but a couple of storms ago, it wasn't even as bad as this. He was without power in his house for like two or three days. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's I mean, we're lucky. We haven't had, a, you know, touch wood. We haven't had any um, power cuts or anything this time. I mean, honestly, like I, <laughs> I feel a bit like the old uh, the, uh, Michael Fish Um saying the hurricane wasn't going to touch down back in the 80s. But honestly, it's not been as bad as the media have said it was going to be. No, it's not, has it? it... Shocker, media exaggerates something. But <laughs> yeah, We should have learned that by now. Yeah, but no, it's been a, it's been wild. Uh, but still went to the cinema today. So. <laughs> so was that like a windy walk to the cinema then? I mean, my walk to um, the Tube is about five minutes, and it was a bit breezy. Just around, you just, just I just looked around and saw some stuff you don't normally street see blowing along. Um, a tree had fallen down a couple of streets along, um, in someone's garden. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that was about it, really. And then it's a five-minute walk, and then when I get off the tube at Leicester Square, it's two minutes to a Prince Charles, where I was going. So, yeah, really not much to write home about with that. I wasn't really out long enough to see much. No, I think you messaged me, uh, I forget what time it was in the afternoon, and I said, oh, no, the storm's still not got here yet. And I think I messaged you, it was like about half three or four o'clock, and I said, oh, the storm's just got here. And then two hours later, I messaged you and said, yeah, and it's gone now. <laughs> it's like, the, you know, the, the highest winds that we've had and all of that just sort of dissipated pretty quickly, really. I mean, it's still windy outside, but it hasn't put down the internet yet because there was all threats of there's going to be no electric, so of course no internet and this, that and the other. But we're here and we're recording and it's the first regular format show of the year. And for, and for, qu- and for quite a while. Uh, so because of course hopefully you listened to the last show we did a massive catch up there was as well as catching up what happened in mine and Tom's lives there was a big 80s related news that we did and it wasn't too long ago when we recorded so there's not a lot of 80s related stuff to chat about we were saying before we started recording this show this will probably be a shorter episode Um, but yeah quality over quantity that's what (laughs) that's what we're going for uh, first question I've got for you, mate, is have you seen the new Firestarter trailer? I have seen the new Firestarter trailer. And what do you think of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks all right. I mean, like, Firestarter is one of those films that could probably do it for a remake. It's not perfect at all. If you, I mean, if I'm talking about the film, not a book. Hmm. Um, the 1980s Firestarter could probably do it for a remake. I mean, I I like it fine, but... Room for improvement, for sure. But this looks all right. What about you? Um, same old complaint, mate. It's the CG in it and the CG fire because we we had Firestar as a rewatch movie that we talked about. And one of the things that we talked about was the insane stuntmen in it and the crazy <laughs> fire effects and how the, the stuntmen yeah. just went out. I was thinking this, um, watching... I mean, we'll get into Chopping Mall later, but I was thinking this watching... I was just thinking that when I was watching Chopping Mall last night, I was just like, wow, they really just blew up that build, that <laughs> shop. <laughs> they, yeah. they literally blew it up. And, like, I was like, it's like, wow, it's... I mean, it's obviously much safer to CG fire. And yes. this oh, Firestarter yeah. is clearly a film which is very fire-heavy, but... Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yeah, we need to put stuntmen's lives in in danger. Set them on fire. Let them burn. Let them leap from burning buildings because there there really is some mad fire stunts in in the original Firestarter. If nobody's seen it yet, and that was the main thing that just pissed me off a bit with this new one was, and it, oh, it's CG fire, and some of it looks good, but some of it doesn't, and then it takes you out of it, and you go in. Mm, okay but yeah i'll give it you know give it a go of course see what it's like well one one element of it is going to be excellent and that's the score because uh our old pal john carpenter uh along with cody carpenter and david davis are doing the score nice which is a bit of full circle because he was originally supposed to direct the 1980s uh firestarter so of course not quite a full circle because obviously he's not directing this he's just doing the score but Hmm. it's gonna it's definitely gonna have a good a good score yeah, it's it's a nice little, you know, call back to it though, isn't it? Which is yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, we shall see because there was, you know, back in the 80s as many people know there was a shit ton of Stephen King movies adapted from his books and short stories and so on. So 
Well, we'll see. I wonder if any more will be remade. You know, those 80s Stephen King ones. Maximum Overdrive. No, they, re- they already remade Maximum Overdrive, didn't they? Trucks. <laughs> Can't remake Maximum Overdrive. God, no. there's just no point. No, don't. No, don't touch that, please. Unless you get no Stephen King coked off his tits again. Yeah, we don't want that. Not, not at his age. <laughs> no, that would be quite dangerous. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, that was it as far as like film trailers and that go. I have, and this might not surprise you, mate, I have got a little bit of uh, sly news. Yo, Polly! Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Somehow I managed to forget about that sound, yeah, soundboard. Oh, mate. And even though I heard it about seven or eight times last night. <laughs> a few more episodes, you'll be waking up screaming um, because that'll be playing in your nightmares, mate. There was, remember, I talked about, I think it was a few episodes ago, the Unwaxed podcast which his daughters, Sophia and Sistine, do. And it was episode 50 where they got Sly on as a guest. And I said, it was yeah, it was all right, but it, it wasn't great. I was a bit disappointed with it. Episode 57, they've got Sly and Jennifer on. They've got the mum and dad on it. And it is a lot better. It's far more entertaining, better stories. I obviously listened to this show and heard you whining about it. <laughs> It must have done. And then thought, oh, yeah. Yo. They're going about their sex life, Dave. Is that what got you uh, Got you enjoyed it so much? That was it, yeah. And I, you know, I saw the name, Unwaxed Podcast, Sophia and Sistine. Oh, and it's a video podcast. And, yeah, no, it's obviously only – they're the only two episodes I have seen is the one. Because... Who, who's the normal sort of people um, they interview? You know what, mate? I haven't a clue because I haven't – I mean, even... you wouldn't know any of them. If, I mean, how, you Probably know, they're like, not. what, early 20s? Like – yeah, I guess. Yeah, so I wouldn't have a clue. Oh, that. yeah, I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> is that it now, Tom? You've got to that age where it's like, I don't know who that is. I mean, I I used to work in a job where I put, like, CDs and stuff out. So I had, like, I had knowledge of, like, you know, like, you know, like singers and mm. artists and stuff. You know, if it was movie-related, I'd know. I'm sure you would as well. But, yeah. you know, if it was something in the musical world, I don't know why I went to that, but... No, I don't think I would. It's like all these celebrity shows on the TV over here, and you know, celebrity <laughs> dancing, celebrity skating, celebrity, I don't know, rock climbing, everything. It's rare that I know one of the celebrities. Yeah, most of them now are sort of like celebrities from like, oh, they did a, um, they did a, uh, another reality show that that makes them. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I'm, I'm looking at um, Unworked's podcast. Let me see Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Um, oh, the, it's on Spotify. That'd be a nice quick way for me to... And the guests. This, this will be yeah, interesting. Yeah, the guests. Do we know? The only anyone? one I saw on Google was Sylvester Stallone. Heidi D'Amelio, the cool mom. How to be funny with George Janko. No. Famous jazz with Joseph Baena. <laughs> Still no. Striking out with Jack Flaherty. Fla- 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 I don't like that name. Sexy is powerful with Jennifer Zuccarini. Oh my! I'm just going to keep scrolling until I see a name I might know that isn't. I think, I think you're going to be scrolling right to the end. Is there, has anybody listening recognised any of those names so far? Because um, no, I mean a lot of them. Them just talking to each other, which is fine. Mm. I mean, all of it's fine. They can do what they want. It wasn't implying that. Had a, um... No, it's kind. Of... No, no, I don't know who no. any of these people I don't th- are. I don't think we're the target audience. 
I Alexis think... Wren as an actress or actor, I should say. No. I don't I can't say what they've been in. I think their demographic for episode fifty and fifty seven, if you could get the stats for who listened to or watched those two episodes with Sly in, would be completely different to every other episode that they've done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, good for them. I hope they get make well, I mean, I they're making some money off that. Yeah. Getting themselves out there, but yeah, I don't know who any of them are, but the yeah, the ones with with dad uh probably going to be the most popular yeah so episode 57 with sly and jennifer recommended recommended um especially and if, if, you, you, if you listen to the other episodes let us know what they're like yeah definitely send us a tweet or an email we've got sex tips you know <laughs> let us know <laughs> pass them on i expect uh expect our email to be full of listeners sending in lots of sex tips now mate finally at last it's taken the best part of 10 years, ten years. Managed to... <laughs> Let, let's start off this just zoom... sending some fucking sex tips <laughs> the zoom don't era wanna, don't want to know what you thought of the movie pics <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no movie chat please people just sex tips from now on that's it <laughs> oh my god can you imagine sex tips with dave and tom <laughs> Oh dear. Somehow we have minus listens. <laughs> <laughs> Subscriptions suddenly just disappear. That would be it. I don't even think how we could even keep it 80s related either. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, are we on Spotify? Uh, yes, we are. Yeah. I mean, Spotify would kick us off. They keep Joe Rogan, but they'd kick us off. <laughs> we don't want to listen to those uh, giving sex tips. Anyway. <laughs> moving moving away from that quickly, uh, I'll press this button again. Yo, Polly! Because, if you remember, Tom, the TV show Kansas City that Sly mm. was going to be in... Oh! Ah, but in a strange twist, he also still is in it as well because it's changed its name. It's no longer oh. Kansas City. It's now called Tulsa King. It's moved from Kansas to Tulsa for reasons that I don't know what. But it's still the same show, same characters. It's just move location. Okay, well, that's mm. fine. I mean, I was, I'm looking forward to that, seeing, um, obviously, Stallone is good at acting, which a lot of people forget. probably said that last time, but yeah. I thought you were going to say it's off, but that's good. No, I thought, but I thought I'd say, even if everybody's looking out for Kansas, when's Kansas City going to come on? Uh, you're not going to see it. You've got to watch out for Tulsa. Oh, King, yeah, that's, that's all I get in my... In my Twitter mentions. It's Kansas City. Just follow. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I know your Twitter mention. It's hashtag Kansas City you're looking for and hashtag sex tips. And that's, yeah. your, that's your Twitter feed. Yeah, is that Wordle um, sex tips? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you playing Wordle as well? I am playing. Are you? No. No, I'm, I'm, still, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm still on Mario Kart Tour for about year three now. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's your homescapes. Yeah. I mean, Wordle was something that's like... Yeah. I can begin to there's some slight rot beginning to set in. It didn't help that I my thirty six day streak ended yesterday. But um yeah, the, the rot is starting to th- it feels like it's a little trickier since it's ended up on the New York Times site. They seem to think everything's got to be hard. Whereas like Wordle is just a bit of morning, you know, first thing in the morning fun or whenever you do it in the day fun. Yeah. Like test for fun five letter word. So, uh, but I can feel, you know, like it's never like you listen to this in six months in a year. People are like, oh, yeah, Wordle. It's not going to be something that lasts, but um, it's fun to do for now. And mm. it's just the current thing. Yeah, I'm sure something will replace it fairly quickly. Usually it does, doesn't it? 
sex tips with Dave and Tom. That, that's the next big thing, mate. Although I don't think we'll get the New York Times with it. <laughs> we'll have to stay independent with that. You never know. Well, you never know. Yeah, let's, let's dream big. Why not? Uh, well, speaking of five-letter words, here's one for you. After this. Yo, Polly! <laughs> I Rock- thought you said this was going to be short. <laughs> it is. It is. The- <laughs> Rocky. Rocky. There's a five-letter word for you. And Bill it- was released in the 70s. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> In true, oh, Kiss merchandise style, the sliced alone shop advertised uh, just the other week a new thing that's going to be on the store. And it is a, I'm trying not to laugh while I say this, it is a Rocky Balboa pancake pan. Yes, you can make a pancake with the silhouette of Rocky with his arms up in the air on your pancake. And they make one in the video, mate. And I, you know me, I'm a big Rocky fan. Rambo, Sly. It looks a bit shit, the pancake does. No. <laughs> the pancake pan itself looks really good. And, you, you know, and you put the pancake mix in, but when the pancake's made, it, it's a bit of a letdown. Uh, oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, oh, and we're coming up to pancake day soon as well. It'd have been the perfect time. Yeah, it's in March this year. Mm. Shocker. Controversial. Early. It is a bit early, that. I mean, controversial, pre-mixed or make-your-own pancake mix. It's, you know, that, that's a whole other argument. Well, I just get the, when I do them, I just get the fresh ones from the shop and flip them. Already, <laughs> all ready for me to flip. Just Yeah, that's all you've got to do. You've just got to do the flipping. Lazy out. man. <laughs> uh, well, I've only got one button left to press, mate. Because, yeah, and we know what it is. And normally, I know, I normally like to get this out of the way. I don't like to end the 80s-related news and stuff on a downbeat. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, the Reaper is back. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later, you dance with the Reaper. (laughs) Thankfully, he's only taken one since we last recorded. And this is, now this is, I'm betting this is a name that anybody listening outside of the UK will have no idea who it is. And if you are outside of the UK and you know who it is, please send us a tweet or an email. I'd love to know. Bamba Gascoigne. There's a name for you, mate. Bamba. Have you ever known anybody called Bamba in your life? The teletext quiz thing on channel 4 teletext in the 90s um the quiz host was also called bamba but i assume it was probably after bamba gascoigne <laughs> well i didn't know that well he he passed away aged 87 and for anybody that doesn't know he was the host of uh, a quiz show although the term quiz show is quite derogatory i think for this university challenge it ran from 1962 to 1987 on its original run and he did all 25 years of that and it was he hosted it and it was two university teams against each other with general knowledge and because because i'd hardly got anything for his related news and all of this i thought i know what i'll do i'll get five university challenge questions from the 1980s for tom and ask him now bear in mind i'm not some i'm not a Tory Toff student, so <laughs> I don't know how well I'll do here. Well, you, you're fine, mate. You don't have to do anything. 
because I did find, you know, a few websites that got them all listed. Mate, I wouldn't have a fucking clue with any of them whatsoever. No, I thought you were going to have well, I was going to try. <laughs> Even the questions were confused me. Never mind trying to drag up the answers from them. It was... I did... I never sat down to watch it. I never thought, oh, yes, University Challenge is on. I've got to watch that. But sometimes as, as you were flicking channels, you know, across the three channels that there were, um, and that would be on, and you go, okay, I'll try and get a question, you know, right, if I can. No chance. I don't think I ever managed to answer one. And looking at the questions the other day, I thought, yeah, it's no bloody wonder. I haven't got a clue, mate. Not a bloody clue. When it comes to game shows, it's no naked attraction, is it? So. Oh, mate, No. It's not, is it? See, we've we've progressed from, from University Challenge to the 21st yeah. century and naked attraction. So that's, that's, that's the world evolving to a better place. <laughs> Where is it going to be, you know, in another 20 years? <laughs> Some stuffy old guy asking questions. That'll be it. <laughs> oh, 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 well, sorry, sorry rest in peace. To... <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, let's see, uh, let's see a cock. Yeah. Well, that's it. It could be the TV version of Sex Tips with Dave and Tom. There we go. Or University Challenge. <laughs> yeah. That would, that anyway. Would, anyway, should we move on? Should we move on to your first time watch pick? Yes, quickly. Okay, then. <laughs> we shall go. You can listen to the trailer. It was 1943, and young men were counting the days until they would go off to war. When do you leave? Next month. In just four short weeks, me and my buddy here are going to be proud members of the United States Marine Corps. Get back where you belong! Yeah, this war is driving them all crazy. <laughs> Duck Hopper! I heard the Nazis got this thing, right? It comes right out of the ground and goes right for it. Blows the whole package right off. One second you're John Wayne, and the next you're Minnie Mouse. I'd just hate to see you spend the last few weeks of your manhood chasing something you can't catch. How'd you like the flowers? Oh, so you're the one. Well, at least you're harmless. So tell me about Michael. Like to see my boyfriend or something? Excuse me? Oh, I get it. You want a picture for your wallet. You want some girl who's going to send you flowers and poems. Don't you ever think about anything but hike it up some girl's dress? Like what? Look, I've got this under control, all right? Nikki, you promise. Stop saying I promise you. Why do you have to come here? That girl you saw last night, Nikki got her pregnant. What the hell's the matter with you? You, Nikki, you know what's the matter with me? You're always making your life a mess, and I'm always getting you out of it. Hops, is when you become such a saint, huh? Huh, Hop? The only difference between me and you is you've been lucky, that's all! In the last few weeks, being around you, I think about things. Like what sort of things? Coming back. Sean Penn. Elizabeth McGovern. Nicholas Cage. Race with me! Race with me, Hop! Racing with the moon. Oh, that saves you watching it, doesn't it? <laughs> Certainly does. It's another one of those. Let's tell the whole film in the trailer. Oh, went put the washing out off during that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, okay, yes, my pick, if you hadn't um, guessed, is 
Racing with the Moon, released in March of 1984. This was uh, directed by Richard Benjamin, also directed uh, City Heat with Bert and Clint, The Money Pit, uh, Mermaids as well. Um, And it stars, what a cast, what a cast. It's what I went for, it was a cast. Uh, Sean Penn, Elizabeth McGovern, Nicholas Cage. Um, God, Dave, who else is in there? Um, Crispin Clover has is in it for yeah, a minute. Matt, yeah. Michael Madsen, Carol Kane, uh, all sorts. Yeah, it's a, a lot. It's a, a really, lot of young really faces, good. fresh faces. I know. I think you put it perfectly in a WhatsApp message to me. <laughs> it is one of those where you're watching it and you're constantly going, "Oh, don't they look young?" Every time a new face comes on screen. Oh, look. Oh, look how young Nicolas Cage looks in this. But, yeah, hmm. absolutely. So this is set in the 40s. Um, Sean Penn's character is about to, has been drafted into the Marines. He's about to um, go and serve overseas. Um, his best mate, Nicky, who's Nicolas Cage, is also about to be uh, sent out. Um, this, it, I think it starts like Christmas and there's like six weeks before um, they're deployed. Yeah. Um, they work in a bowling alley. They just dick about as like youngsters do. Um, Sean Penn also plays the piano, um, and then he he sees this uh, girl at the movie theatre who's selling the tickets at the movie theatre is smitten. Uh, Ooh, um, that's Elizabeth McGovern. He thinks she's rich because she lives in a big house, um, and it's all about their relationship. And also Nicholas Cage's character girlfriend. Is pregnant, and there's also a whole abortion side plot to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't even heard of this film, had you? No, not at all. Completely Con- new to me. Considering who's in it, that's really strange. And you know, yeah. being an '80s film. Yeah, it is how this passed. Well, both of us by for all these years. I've no idea. Like you said, specifically when you look at the cast, you know, and we're both like massive Nick Cage fans as well. <laughs> you think. We'd go through sort of everything, but yeah, it's nice though, isn't it, when one appears like this with all these names that you've never seen before? Yeah, absolutely. And there's certainly some Nick Cage films I haven't seen yet, but uh, yeah, an early an early one here, a mm. couple of years after Fast Times. Well, I guess for both of them, actually, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sean Penn as well. So, um, so yeah, like this film, it's pleasant enough. I thought. Um, I, I won't go through everything that goes in it, like in. Well, everyone knows this is spoiler talk, so let's, let's like they go off at the end, Cage and Penn, um, and it's it's basically the whole things about their relationship, um, Elizabeth Govan and uh, Sean Penn's then sort of in the second hour, a bit, there's a bit more Nick Cage and the storyline of his girlfriend and him them trying to um, drum up the money for an abortion for the girlfriend and all of that, mm. which is a bit underwritten all of that bit i suppose yeah um yeah. especially the girlfriend nick cage's girlfriend's character's name i can't even remember like her character's just there to like the purpose it's like they just needed another female for this subplot mm-hmm. yeah um, and i think she only gets i think in total she must get I don't know, under five minutes screen time easily yeah so it's not like it's not like a dual like romance thing with you know nick cage nick cage and sorry sean penn and elizabeth mcgovern and nick cage and um i'm gonna have to look sorry the uh <laughs> sally sally's a girlfriend susan atkinson plays sally um it's not like it's bouncing between their romances it's just pretty much penn and mcgovern yeah and they're 
combine together and it's all quite pleasant and it looks nice it looks apart it looks like like the fact that you know Sean Penn and Nick Cage are in it doesn't you know you know you still feel like yeah this is a good representation of the 40s I guess mm. I just didn't find it that interesting <laughs> I mean that's the uh, at the end of it you know I think the performances were good obviously you've got Sean Penn and Nick Cage they are good actors Elizabeth McGovern was good too I think I think I would have marked it lower or thought less of it if they weren't in it yeah yeah I'm with you on that definitely They've got a very good young cast, but like the, the literal plot of it, I just didn't find it that interesting. I mean, I love like any long time listeners to this eighties uh, picture house know I love coming of age movies whenever they're set, mm. like modern day eighties, seventies, forties, Stone Age, whenever. Like <laughs> I, I love it, but I was just not interested in this, and it wasn't any fault of the actors; they were good. It just wasn't like they met. They had a, they got together. They did a bit of skinny dipping. Mm. They had a bit of a blowout. We reunited, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I think that was my problem with it as well. I mean, like you said, the acting in it is really good, and because the characters that Sean Penn and Nick Cage play, they're really close friends, and the on-screen chemistry between them is really good. I think. They must have built up some sort of rapport a couple of years previously when they were both in Fast Times at Richmond High. I'm sure that helped that they're back together again on screen in a different film. So that helped to sell them as really good, you know, friends. Plus, of course, the great actors as well. That You know, that doesn't uh, doesn't harm. But as far as the plot goes, yeah, it was it was all quite pedestrian and no huge emotional bits. I mean, it was it was a bit horrible with the when they take um, Nick Cage's girlfriend to have the abortion and it's this really grubby, like, caravan and you don't, you never see inside it, you just see the outside and it's filthy and it's cheap. I think they had to save up, like, $150 for it, which I'm sure, like, in 1942 was a lot of money back then. Um, but, yeah, like you said, with with her character not getting much screen time, that was just sort of a bit of a throwaway to use. Oh, let's have a little abortion subplot. So the main subplot is the, the love interest of Sean Penn and Elizabeth McGovern. And, yeah, it never, it never really sort of goes all that far, really. It's all very vanilla, and it's nice to look at. And like you said, you know, well-acted. And it looks good and the locations are nice and, you know, the setting the period piece, everything's all there. I loved it at the beginning because they both work at uh, a temp in bowling alley. And I've never seen this before and I'd never even thought about it because I've been temping bowling loads over the years. But I never thought back then they didn't have mechanical temping bowling machines that would lift. And you, of course, you know, you wouldn't have the electronic scoreboards and everything. You'd be writing the score down. Um but actually, when they were bowling, Nick Cage and Sean Penn, their characters, would be behind and they'd be picking up the pins and loading them back in and then hand-cranking all the ten pins back on, onto it, ready. I never even thought about that. I found that really interesting. went, oh, yeah, yeah, that's really good. And apparently they that was all built. That was a set design that was all had to build because there was a temp in bowling alley in the place where they were filming, 
but it was you know it was new it wasn't like that used to be yeah they wouldn't have that no no they wouldn't have that but i think that says a lot where that is the thing that sticks in my mind the most from the whole film is the bits where in the bowling alley and they're you know they're putting the pins in by hand and i'm going oh yeah that looks really interesting and hard work and never ending and a really sweaty job to have yeah but uh yeah other than that it was yeah it all just sort of washed over me somewhat it wasn't i never got really bored with it you know i wasn't constantly looking at the clock or anything but again, I think that was because of the actors involved and they helped mm. to hold my attention. But like you said, I think if other actors were in it, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been invested in the story or anything. A good example was we watched last night, we watched, oh, and I saw that you've watched the original of it, which I haven't watched yet. It was The Guilty, The Guilty with um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And I, enjoy, I enjoyed the film, but I enjoyed it mostly because he's a really good actor and his performance in it is really good. And yeah, Tina, that's something. I mean, again, yeah. like this, that was not a film that needed remaking. Mm. The original's great. Um, but they would ha- they'd have to have someone like Jake Gyllenhaal, like a really strong actor for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's not something I'll watch because I've seen the original and I was like, well, I've seen that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I know we're going to watch the original now. But, you know, the same applies with this. If it was different actors in this, mm, yeah, it, it would have definitely have just, well, my attention would have dropped a lot more, I'm sure. We should mention as well in the bowling alley was um, a young Crispin Glover who, my God, what this was miscast, was playing a jock sort of character. When, when have you ever seen Crispin Glover playing a jock in a film? Like, I mean, this is, he was referred to as a Gatsby boy, which is sort of like, I guess, uh, sort of what they thought, Sean Penn thought Elizabeth McGovern's character was a Gatsby girl, which is like privileged, Mm -hmm. rich. But yeah, he was was playing it as a sort of like a a tough guy type. I'm just like, this is Crispin Glover. This is like, this is not Crispin Glover at all. (laughs) Because, yeah, that's the whole thing of this story, isn't it? Sean Penn thinks Elizabeth McGovern is a, a Gatsby girl with money because he follows her home and she goes into that big house, but it's just her mum who works there as a maid. Yeah, she's not a Gatsby girl. She, she's, uh, yeah. she's Her mum's a maid yeah. and she lives there. And she hasn't, she hasn't got the money that he thinks that she's got. Um, but, yeah, there's not, there's not a lot really to say about it because it is also vanilla. I mean, if you want a very very fleeting shot of sean penn's balls you're gonna get that as he i knew it is it <laughs> i knew you'd mention his widge <laughs> hd yeah big big screens hd there it is couldn't, yeah can help i mean that's that's the beauty of a big screen mate there they were in front of me as he yeah uh, as he went skinny <laughs> dipping apparently that film that, that film that scene they filmed in the winter um and they still went skinny dipping i'm not sure where it was filmed i think you know if they'd filmed it winter you know over here in the uk i don't think they'd gone skinny dipping because it did still look it was sunny and it didn't look too bad yeah it looked nice yeah it didn't look like a winter at yeah all. yeah but and they still did it so yeah there's a well there's two selling points for you you get to see like an, an old 10 pin bowling machine and you get to see sean penn's balls which if they're the two main things that i can take out of this I think it says a lot about the film. But I did enjoy it. I think, if I remember rightly, I gave it three stars on Letterboxd, which is, you know... Yeah, I went two and a half, and I thought I was being generous. <laughs> I thought two was too harsh, though. I was, mm. uh, that yeah, brutal, but... yeah, it is too harsh, I think. Yeah, for that. 
Um, the title of the film as well, the title comes from a 1941 song of the same name by a singer called Vaughan Monroe. That's where, oh. the, that's where the title, because I thought, why is it called Racing with the Moon? Is it because they do race with um, a, train. A, a train, a steam train, don't they? <laughs> and I thought, is the train called Moon? And that's why it's called Racing with the Moon. No, no, and that's racing with a train. Yeah, and this, see, this because there's this. It's one of their things growing up that they would race this train and they'd run alongside it and they'd jump on it. And it's, um, is it Nick Cage or Sean Penn is sort of bragging? Well, yeah, you, could, you know, it's it's dangerous. You could jump and then you could get sucked underneath the train. No, it's dangerous. And then the movie ends. You know, they're going off. They're uh, going off to war, and. Um, the final shot is, oh, come on, let's race the train one last time. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if uh, the film ended with them racing the train? They jumped to get on it and they were sucked underneath it and were killed. Credits. And that's it. It's just their mangled bodies on the, on the train line. Just as the, as the credits roll, you can hear the screams of the two girlfriends and their, you know, their severed heads rolling down the hill or something. That would have been... Honestly, I'd have given it four stars if that was the ending. Yeah, I think uh, I think more films should end with like a real sort of one eighty and just shock people like that, just for the hell of it. Yeah, yeah. No, as I say, if that happened, I'd have been howling and giving it four stars. <laughs> that'd have been brilliant. <laughs> How little do they know the filmmakers that they got so close to making a four star film? That's all they yeah. had to do at the end. They just needed a bit of carnage at the end. Yeah, uh, that was it. That was all that was missing, mate. But well, the train just explodes. That would have been good as well. <laughs> yeah. after, it's, after it's gone over them and beheaded them, then the train explodes, killing everybody. Well, that's... it takes everyone else out. Yeah, yeah. So the girlfriends uh, go... They're just left with Crispin Glover looking awkward. <laughs> yeah, and he just carries on playing uh, Tempin Bowling. Good. Yeah. There we go. Credits. We got it sorted. That's our that's our remake sorted then. <laughs> Whenever yeah. we do that, <laughs> or or we remake it and it ends and they're off on the train and then the moon <laughs> just comes down and like like moon like moonfall like moonfall yeah moonfall you get 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 fucking moonfall yeah it just sort of seeks into moonfall and they were racing it's more like they're racing against the moon oh. and it wasn't six weeks before this is a remake it wasn't six weeks before. They were deployed to war. It's six weeks before the moon comes down. Oh, um, and it yes. could be part of a moonfall cinematic universe. I think we're on to something. Yeah. Well, I will eagerly await the call from Hollywood. <laughs> it would still be the MCU as well, the moonfall cinematic universe. Yeah, no, we'd have to call it the MSCU. <laughs> so to avoid confusion with Marvel. Yeah. That's Disney and they will sue. Yeah, true. So it's the MFCU. Okay. I just build up an entire film just to have the moon fall on and destroy half a planet. Yeah. <laughs> but Crispin Glover still survives. Yes. Yeah, of course. He's he's like the one character that goes through all the films. Yeah, Crispin Glover plays exactly the same role. He just plays. Yeah. All, all I mean, yeah. We could get everyone back. Yeah. But from the older, older cast members. Yeah, they could do. Oh. Our people will talk to their people. We'll make this happen. Yeah, we'll make this happen. We will. It'll, you know, so a 2022 project done. <laughs> right. And with that thought, we shall move on to my rewatch pick. 
they broke into the mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives. They're dead meat. But you're never alone in the chopping mall. What's that? Robot life. shopping costs you an arm and a leg. Chopping Mal, 1986. Originally released as Killbots. Currently a 5.6 on IMDb and a 2.9 on Letterboxd. So of course uh, IMDb's out of 10, Letterboxd is out of 5. So similar scores. Similar scores on both of those. This was my rewatch pick because it was originally going to follow this episode hot on the heels of our remastered interview show with the director and co-writer Jim Wynorski, which was, Tom, episode 385 of 60MW, released in the 2nd of September 2021. So if nobody's listened to that and you do want some inside stories about the making of Chopping Mel and other films that Jim has done, of course, go back to episode 385, download that and have a listen to some great stories on there. That show, mate, was originally recorded... Uh, in October 2013, when we chatted with Jim Wynorski. Quite a while ago. Nine years ago this year, it'll be, since we had a chat with him. Now, this is quite weird. When you think of Chopping Mile, we've both watched it a few times, haven't we, over the years? Yeah, I've not watched it for several years now, but yeah, I've seen it a few times. Hmm. So when you watch it, you think, you know, I think we both watched it a long time ago. And you think, yeah, co-written, directed by Jim Wynorski. We've recorded now an interview show with him. Stars Kelly Maroney. We've done an interview show with her. Babs Crampton, mate. We've done an interview with Babs. Uh, yeah. I just looked as well. Both of those, the Kelly Maroney and the Barbara Crampton shows, we haven't re-released yet. So we need to do a new intro to those. We should re-release both of those, I think. Oh, definitely. definitely. Mm. And also, recently, episode 290 of 60MW about the Deep Ones. That was released in September 2020. Kelly Maroney is one of the guests on that. And yes, episode. Yes, that was a Grimfest one, wasn't it? It yeah. was Grimfest one. Episode one hundred and forty of sixty MW released in October twenty eighteen. Uh, it's a decade of decadence show. It's an early decade of decadence show, and there's a ten minute chat with Barbara Crampton when I met her at Grimfest. Um, oh yeah, in twenty eighteen, sat uh, sat in a bar with her and had a chat. So that was nice. A Barbara. A Barbara, very nice, mate. Very nice. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we will get that Kelly Moroni show and the Barbara Crampton one out, well, this year. I think we can safe to say we'll get them out this year. But do go back and listen to, if you haven't already, episode 385 with Jim Wynorski. So, Choppy Mal, for those of you that haven't watched it yet, uh, first of all, go and watch it. It's a great film. It's about a group a group of youngsters who work in a shopping mall, stay after it is closed uh, for a bit of a party together. The usual drinks and snacks, and shagging, because it's an 80s film. But it begins with uh, the trialling new security. There are three robots. This was originally released as Killbots, which I think is a bit of a shit title. I much prefer Chopping Mile. Whereas other people prefer Killbots. Given the choice of the two, mate, what would you choose? 
Oh, chopping mall. I mean, chopping mall doesn't technically make any sense because nothing was chopped. Mm. But it's a good pun. It is a good pun. It is a good pun. So these three robots scoot around and the shopping mall itself at midnight, the big metal shutters come down. Everybody is locked in. Whoever's in there is locked in until dawn when automatically the shutters come back up again. So these three robots are patrolling the shopping mall. But there's a storm and the there's all electrical shenanigans and it fucks up the uh, all of the system within the robots and they go on a bit of a killing spree. And unfortunately, the youngsters that were in there having the party, they're the targets for the robots. And that's it. It's about these young people trying to escape the robots and trying to survive until dawn. And that's it in a nutshell. And it's really short. It's just over an hour and a quarter. So it's in and out. There's no fat on it whatsoever is there it's you know a 75 minute film nothing's really drawn out that much you've got genre favorite dick miller he's in it usual cameo he plays one of the cleaners in there uh mary warrenoff uh there's oh, there's one thing every time i watch this film mate there's one thing that always without fail pisses me off when i watch it and it's the character of Mike, played by John Teleski. And his character, thankfully, isn't in it too long. Spoiler alert, he gets killed. A lot of people get killed in this. He's constantly chewing chewing gum in the most annoying, loud, open-mouthed sort of go. Like that, all and every time he's on screen, it just really annoys me. Is it just yeah. me, mate? Did it so? Does it piss you off because it it's it's so extreme the way he's doing chewing this bloody chewing gum? Oh yeah, oh it did. There's absolutely there's actually two instances of characters chewing here that really annoyed me. Like this character you mentioned, obviously that you know that's a point of their character. They're a dickhead and mm. they're being obnoxiously loud, chewing all the time. I mean, it doesn't help with HD and they're like it's so crisp the sound of chewing. <laughs> but um, another instance of chewing was um, the guy who's watching the CCTV, the um, who, like, like the technician had all the killbots behind him, um, mm. who was in Phantom Over Paradise. Garrett Graham, I think his name is. Yes, yeah. You know, he comes in and someone and the, his the other person has left a donut, half a donut. So he picks it up and eats it, and he spends the rest of the scene chewing away on this donut i'm like it's half a donut like three minutes later this guy's still like acting as if he's eating this donut Doesn't it was take so that annoying i was just like you cannot still be eating a half a piece of a donut <laughs> what is it filming chewing that's it the next time i watch chopping mail i'm going to be watching out for that donut chewing oh, like you ate it and then like it's it's I mean, it's weird that this is a 76-minute film and I'm saying something like this This scene has probably been dragged out a bit. But, like, it's, <laughs> like, you know, he's reading his book and he looks behind him and it happens two or three times. The entire time, still eating this donut. I'm just like, well, like you're not, though. You can't still be eating this. <laughs> like, you polish that off in about 20 seconds and he's, oh... It's, it's funny what you notice. It's funny you've seen a film a few times. It is, isn't it? Yeah. You're watching this certain things, but every time he comes on screen, it's like, fucking hell, he's going to be chewing that bloody chewing gum again. Oh, And he's he's moved. He moved from acting to directing towards the end of um, 
the 20th century. He sort of transferred across from acting into directing. But before he did that, it's um, surprise. He teamed up again with Jim Wynorski, Deathstalker Two. Oh, he, nice. He was. He wasn't chewing gum in there. Oh, mate, no, he better bloody not be. It's been a long time since I've watched the Deathstalker films. Was Deathstalker Two the one in present day? You know what? I can't remember. It's been that long since I've watched them. Is it one was? So yeah, go if it was. We wouldn't rule it out. Or was that was that a different franchise? Similar franchise? I can't. God. I don't know. Maybe it's one for a, a rewatch pick down the line. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to check for gum chewing we can't do that again yeah. we can't have that that will be the first thing that's stalker to if it has got gum chewing in it then yeah we won't pick it for a rewatch <laughs> a little bit trivia we mentioned when we were talking about the previous film um racing with the moonfall that um this was filmed in the same shopping mall as fast times at ridgemont high yes i did yeah i'd seen that i saw that recently mm. and i was like oh i recognize that and obviously there's a bit where um, they're trying to blow up the lifts, and then you see the lifts, and then you realise the same shopping mall as Commando. Yes, yeah. Uh, you would you probably, I wouldn't have noticed, but there's those lifts. It's you know, like there's such an, I mean, the entire entirety of Commando is iconic. But it's that those lifts going up and down, you see in Commando. But um, it, apparently, they were shot around the same time, um, but uh, because of shopping malls' lack of budget, uh, they were only allowed to shoot when the mall was shut. Whereas Commando could just shoot during the day yeah mm-hmm. surprising isn't it the films where you see certain ones you know obviously you know you've got the monroeville mal with dawn of the dead i'm not sure what other films have been filmed in there actually off the top of my head if yeah if people know let, let me know let us know uh, so, so the film, yeah, that's it. That's the the actual synopsis of the film. You've got these people that are stuck in a shopping mall. They're locked in. They are literally locked in and can't escape until dawn. And they've got to fight these three out-of-control security robots. It did come to mind for the first time while I was re-watching this for, I don't know, whatever, the umpteenth time. Kelly Maroney does a lot of running in this. She does a lot of running in, in a lot of films. Like Night of the Comet, she does a lot of running in that. You know, I don't know if she also read she did all her own stunts in a chopping mall. Yeah, because she gets covered in, um, and I think if memory serves me correct, we do talk to her about this in the interview show we did with her all those years ago um, about her being covered in spiders when she's hiding from one of the robots in the pet store and she's lying down and the robot's going crazy and all the. All the glass, there is a word for it that escapes me. The glass homes of the spiders. I'm sure that's not the technical term. They get all, they're all smashed and she gets covered in these tarantulas and that. And uh, yeah, and they're real and you see them on her, don't you? So oh yeah, except for the one that drops off her when she stands up, which is clearly... Yeah, that's not real, that one. A plastic spider. No. <laughs> but it's, I like it, it's because it's only like an hour and a quarter. It just, it gets on with it really quick. And you've just got robots chasing people and killing them. Now, some of the effects, some are good, some are bad. Dick Miller, spoiler alert, gets electrocuted. And that is how most people get electrocuted, locked in 80s films, um, which is, you know, it's okay. There is a really good head explosion. Um, it's, I think it's the character Leslie, um, played by Susie Slater. The, these robots have got lasers that they fire and they fire it at her head and her head explodes. Now, I think I think Susie Slater gets the shit end of the stick as far as the credits go. Because when you get to the end credits, 
they take just you know a short few second clip of each character and then freeze frame it and then put up you know Kelly Maroney, Barbara Crampton, and then for Susie Slater they pick the bit where her head is blown to bits and they pause it where her head is just shattered into pieces and then it comes up with Susie Slater. I always thought that was a bit bit unkind really. I mean, I guess. I mean, if you wanted to... uh, I mean, but it's also cool to see the pause screen on the explosion, how it looks. That's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Um, But yeah, it's it's them running around, being silly, lots of boobs, sex scenes. Uh, It's a Jim Wynorski film. Of course you're going to get some nudity in it. Of course you're going to get some Benny Hill-type (laughs) humour in it as well, which personally I like. You know, it's all very tongue-in-cheek. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, just the fact that like a, a credit, um, a actor's credit scene was their head exploding. It's all just shows yeah. speaks volumes on how tongue in cheek it is. Yeah, and it's it's done on a very very low budget, um, but I think what what Jim does with the budget that they've got, it works. You know, you've, yeah. we've seen similar films with low budget, and it's you know they really overshot what they can do, but they've worked within it. And it's convincing, you know, it's convincing enough for killer robots in a shopping mall. It's about as convincing as you can get. And it's all, it's all just fun. I just really just enjoy watching it every time because it's a fun, short, silly horror slash sci-fi slash sort of semi-comedy film with a load of actors in it that I like, um, despite the gum chewing. And yeah, it's just, it's... It's done and dusted now and a quarter, and it's good. Surely nobody listening to this hasn't watched it yet. I'd love to know if, if, going from the demographic of the listeners who you'd think would listen to a show that talks about the 80s, you'd think, you know, we're all of a certain age. Surely you've seen Choppy Mal, haven't you? Haven't you? And if you've not, again, let us know. And watch it and let us know what you think, because I would recommend it. I can see why, though, Tom. I don't know about you. I can see why. And I think probably, you know, people of a certain age, you know, 20s or something, might watch it and go, that's a load of shit. That's a load of shit. Compared to oh, it what... is a load of shit, but it's fun shit. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't, you know, just it's like you say, it's like 76 minutes long. It doesn't, it's impossible for it to stay out state. It's welcome. It just gets straight on with it. It's got, you know, it's just, it's just one of those like oh, 80s B movie horrors. You know, everything is there: gore, nudity, hmm. stupidity. The cast of like, oh, it's them. It's, yeah, it's yeah. All the silly stuff going on, where even things. So the, um, oh, the character of Mike, Mister Chewingum himself, he gets killed and he's sort of collapsed by the side of a cigarette machine which you never see anymore. Me and Tina were saying, when was the last time you saw a machine that, you know, dispenses cigarettes? I've not seen one of those for a long time. Anyway, he's lying down by the side of it in this corridor, and it admittedly is dark. And then um, it's Leslie, his girlfriend, comes looking for him. And you can see his legs sticking out as clear as day, even though <laughs> yeah. it's dark. And she's walking slowly, and she's, Mike, Mike. And his legs are right in front of her and she still trips over him. You know, there's all the silly things like that as well that you can you can point out and go, she'd have seen his legs easily well before then. 
but you forgive them for it because it is. It's just daft. It's just daft fun. And uh, yeah, well, well worth watching. I think I gave it, I think I gave it a three and a half on Letterboxd. Yeah, I think I went three. I'm just, I'm, I think both films, I've just un- gone under you a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's a high three. It's just, it's just stupid fun. Hmm. I would love, I would love anybody listening to this again, that if you haven't watched it, please go and watch it and send us an email and let us know what you think. I'd love to know what like, like a first time watch of Chopping Mall is like in 2022. And especially if you're younger as well. <laughs> what did you think of it? That'd be good. And we'll read them. Uh, anything we get, we'll read out on the next month's show. There we go. I think it was a good rewatch. Oh, we didn't say oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And well worth yeah, rewatching. Yeah, good, good one for um, choosing it. As I say, I haven't seen it for mm. a long time. We didn't say at the, at the end of um, Racing with the Moon, was it... You know, is it oh, worth no. is it we worth watching? Is, yeah, I know, I'm still shaking off the rust, mate. Was it is it worth watching that first time watch? Is it worth watching for anybody racing with the moon? No. Personally <laughs> 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 speaking. No, I mean if you're a cage uh, a cage file, cage file. Yeah. Yes. Um if you need to if you need to get through all the cage films and you want to see an early cage trial. Yeah. Um playing with Penn or Elizabeth McGovern or you know, any of any mm. of the, the name actors that went on to big careers afterwards i mean yeah but there's better coming of age period films oh, God, um, yeah. out there than that so yeah i would recommend waiting for our version tom yeah the... yeah i mean yeah that's another reason like yeah wait for that will be the the far better version and yeah chopping mile definitely worth re-watching uh, oh 110 yeah, percent. yeah absolutely every time it's really enjoyable uh will as we're back to our usual monthly shows, mate, uh, we shall disappear for a second and we will come back with the March picks and see if they will be worth watching for the first time and re-watching. So we shall be back in just a minute. My first time watch pick. Now, normally, I would send you a WhatsApp message just to double check that you hadn't watched it as well. Because, you know, the thing about this is it's pick a film that neither me nor Tom has ever watched before. 80s or 80s related. So I'm going to take a punt on this because I had never even heard of it, mate. So you, you may surprise me and say you've watched it and... I'm going to have to do an edit and think of something else. Yeah, a quick plan B. Yeah, yeah a very quick plan B. Uh, so it's from 1982. Some of the stars in it are, I'll read a couple out, because these are two names that really attracted me. David Carradine. And even more than that, Steve Railsback. Now, I like Steve Railsback. Now, don't get this confused with the 1986 movie, Trick or Treat, because this is 1982's Trick or Treats, plural. Have you ever seen Trick or Treats? I don't believe so, no. Because, mm, of course, there's been Trick or Treat lately, and there's been ones with similar ones. I had never heard of this. Or, I mean, Trick or Treat is an awesome film. Trick or treats from four years previous. Not a clue about it, mate. So, uh, yeah, David Carradine 
and uh, Steve Rails back. That's why I picked it. And of course, I've never seen it before. Wow, interesting. Mm. No, mm. not heard of that. Um, looking forward to that one. Mm. I did check your letterbox, so I know no, that goes back no. to 2012, doesn't it? You're viewing for the last 10 years now. Uh, yeah. And it, and yeah, it wasn't no, on there. No, that, uh, I haven't watched that at all. So Excellent. Right, that'll be the No natural. edit needed. And I guess this could be the same thing. I mean, I'd be very surprised if you haven't seen this. Mm-hmm. But um, my first time, sorry, no, my rewatch pick. Yes. You just did your first time pick. I certainly did. My rewatch pick is from 1985. And it's it's got it's got a few names. Yeah. Um, we have Sturber, a werewolf bitch, <laughs> as a subtitle. We've got your sister is a werewolf, as a subtitle. Ooh. But it's more just commonly known as the Howling Two. Oh my word! A long time since I've seen that. Now is that is that the one with Sybil Danning? Sybil Danning and Christopher Lee. My God, that's ages since I've seen that. It's a, it's a very normal film. <laughs> There's going to be a lot to talk about. It was last year, the year before I watched it for the first time. Um, and <laughs> Now, again, Sybil Danning, a 80s Picture House interview show. Yes, yes, indeed. And I don't think we've re-released that on 60MW yet. I don't yet. think we have either. So here we go. So there's three interview shows that I think we should release this year. So that's Kelly Maroney, Barbara Crampton, and now Sybil Danning that we need to release this year. Maybe and we should release it sort of back-to-back with the March show, the time with Howling 2. And just as a further little a little, further little treat, little treatette, Jimmy Nail is in it. You are kidding me. I didn't know that. Jimmy Nail's in it. Get Any- ready for Jimmy Nail's debut on a podcast. Hey, no doubt. We'll be talking about say, Jimmy Nail in it. Yeah, any excuse for you to talk about? Ain't no doubt. <laughs> well, I can't remember him get it, being in get it. Get it queued up on the soundboard. That'll be it. We'll have to have a short little clip of that. Just, she's just... like, oh, do the clip where he's like, she's lying. <laughs> I mean, if I was with you, I'd just be like, well, I'd have worn that button out if there was a. That would be it. You'd be singing along. It'd be like a karaoke party here, mate. If you were here with that. You'd just be along to it. Oh, my word. Well, interesting picks for the March show. And again, if anybody listening to this has seen either of those, or you do watch them before we record towards the end of March, send us an email. Let us know what you think of them, and we'll read them out on the show. All right. Just to finish off, everybody knows. Website, 60mw.co.uk, numerical 60, not alphabetical. Everything is on there all the different format podcasts we do. Links to our Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all on there. Subscribe on everything. That all helps. Helps get us more interviews. We talked about three interview shows from back in our 80s Picture House days that we're going to put online this year. Uh, We do lots of new interviews. You put in reviews up for us, sending us a review, subscribing to us, all helps to get us more interview guests. So just doing something simple like that helps us out a lot. Thank you very much. That's it, mate. First regular show of 2022, where we've said before, and we'll keep counting down till June, our 10th anniversary of podcasting together. Indeed, indeed. And and look at this. We've done an entire show on Zoom 
and there's not been any problems. Nothing. Audio problems, internet dropouts. The Funny only, that. Yeah. The only problem we had, which nobody will notice because I'll edit it out, was me having a coughing fit partway through. Well, apart from that, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I'd put myself on mute during one of the trailers because I didn't want to make any noise while the trailer was playing. <laughs> and then didn't unmute. And then forgot to put myself off mute. But apart yeah. from that, it was fine. I mean, yeah, self-inflicted problems. Like yeah. The software is good. Yeah. Funny that. Like it a is. Skype. Ugh. Fucking Skype. I'm going to delete it off my computer. That's That's it. It. I'm doing it. <laughs> it's going live yeah. as we it's record. Been. It's disappearing from Tom's laptop. No more Skype. Yeah, we have, we've finally stepped into the 21st century and we're using Zoom. We'll probably get emails saying, no, you shouldn't use Zoom. You should use this or that or the other. That's the way forward now. But this works. No, that's, this works. That's, that's all we need. It, it just works. And we're good to go. Right. We shall go. Um, I know you're going to eat. Um, I'm going to watch a film. You might eat and watch a film. So we shall disappear. So I shall go, and once again, Tom, please end the show. See you next time. I don't know. <laughs>